This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Let's talk about something that came down that was positive yesterday. The Supreme Court uh, making their ruling on the temporary travel ban of the Trump administration. To that end, let's talk to John Malcolm. He is uh, vice president for the Institute for Constitutional Government, director of the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies, and the Ed Gilbertson and Sherry Lindbergh Gilbertson Senior Legal Fellow, the Institute for Constitutional Government. John, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Good to be with you, Chris. Just how big, uh, because you wrote about this in a piece entitled The Supreme Court Will Review Trump's Revised Travel Ban, and what's, that's good news for the president. How big was it? for this this nascent presidency uh, uh just starting out and the biggest legal challenge i would think to the early days of the trump uh, uh the trump presidency yeah look i i think it's pretty big i mean they haven't reached a decision on the merits they will hear oral argument in the case in october uh however they largely lifted the injunctions that had been entered by the lower courts and the fact that they reached out so quickly without a split uh, of opinion among the circuit courts and said we need to hear this case it involves national security involves separation of powers it's incredibly important we need to hear this case we need to hear it quickly i think bodes extremely well for the president now why don't you think because the president could have asked for a july hearing because of the the nature of national security why didn't he do it yeah i'm not quite sure why he didn't ask for expedited review however he's going to end up getting in the meantime uh, almost everything that he wants so the two lower courts that had considered the issue the fourth circuit and the ninth circuit had entered nationwide injunctions against enforcing any part of the president's revised executive order the plaintiffs in hawaii were some individuals who said look we have close family members who want to bring into the country the the state was saying the university of hawaii has admitted some students from these six designated countries and they can't come into the country. The Supreme Court said, we will allow the injunction to stay in place as to these plaintiffs and somebody who is similarly situated to them. So somebody who can come in and document that they have a close family connection or they are an admitted student or they have a signed contract with an American company. Maybe they will get to come in, but everybody else who does not have such a close connection to the United States, and that is the vast majority of people covered by that executive order, they will not be able to come in. The executive order will go into effect. We were just alluding to the fact that, that, that CNN has, has become a disgrace to what real journalism is supposed to be. I have to tell you, I got that impression from the Ninth and the Fourth Circuit rulings and all these judges that heard the travel ban because they didn't look at the text of the law. As a matter of fact, one of the plaintiffs had to admit that had any other person authored this this uh, temporary travel ban it would have been constitutional but what made it unconstitutional and what i what i consider to be betrayers of the judicial system what made it unconstitutional was the fact that trump was behind it and and to me that's not the rule of law that's politics getting into the bench what's your take yeah, I think that's exactly correct. I, I haven't seen what CNN did. I'll have to look as soon as we get done here. But in terms of the analysis of the travel ban, I think that is right. So literally, the, the plaintiffs or the challengers were asked during oral argument, look, if Bill Clinton or Barack Obama had entered this exact order, would it be constitutional? 
And they said yes. The reason why it's unconstitutional is based on tweets or some statements made by campaign surrogates so that we really know that this is a Muslim ban. It it is is born by religious discrimination and animus against Muslims. Now, the Supreme Court, as far back as 1972, has said, look, when it comes to national security, the executive branches do substantial deference. They get daily classified intelligence briefings. Courts do not. And if on the face of an executive order there is a facially legitimate bona fide reason for that order, that's as far as it goes. And the courts are not supposed to look behind the exercise of that discretion. They're not supposed to engage in a balancing test between, you know, about whether the rights of immigrants to enter the country, which they have precious few, uh, whether those should trump the president's decisions. When it comes to national security, substantial deference is due, and that is fully appropriate. And the lower courts, I think, really joined the resist movement and said, we don't care. We don't like this president. We think that he has a thing against Muslims. And mm-hmm. so we're going to ignore binding Supreme Court precedent. And I don't think that the Supreme Court will allow that to stand. Oh, there's a lot of that going around. John Malcolm is our guest right now, folks, vice president for the Institute for Constitutional Government and director of the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. Uh, Now, look, the, the, the temporary travel ban for these six majority Muslim countries, which do not constitute a Muslim ban because there are 43 other majority Muslim countries not affected, but it's only in place for 90 to 120 days while extreme vetting is implemented. Uh, when when the courts com- re- reconvenes in October, the Supreme Court, it's it's going to already have run its course, so it'll be a moot point. But I still think there needs to be a ruling to reaffirm that this is the president's call, no matter who the president is. If you are an elected president, this is your exclusive purview, and the courts should not have any say. Well, do you agree with me? This This should be ruled on one way or the other. Well, I think it should be, and I think it will be. So the court has added to the questions to be presented by the advocates whether or not the case is moot. I don't think it will be. So there is a 90-day temporary uh, suspension of of travel from those six countries subject to case-by-case waivers. There's also a 120-day suspension uh, of admittees under our refugee program. Uh, There's a cap at 50,000 refugees for 2017. Those have also been challenged, so those will extend well past the time the court hears oral argument. And the 90-day period is for the Secretaries of Homeland uh, Security and State to do a review as to whether proper vetting is in place or can be put in place. It's entirely possible that that uh, uh, suspension will be extended, at least as to some of these countries. And of course, the injunction has uh, remained in place with respect to at least a small category of people who are subject to the order. So I don't think at the end of the day, the court will determine that the case is moot. And I think they will resolve it on the merits. Yeah, well, and that needs to happen because we, we cannot allow uh, certain biased elements, left-wing elements in this country to compromise the power of the presidency of the United States because they, they dislike Donald Trump. He is an Ed Gilbertson and Sherry Lindbergh Gilbertson Senior Legal Fellow of the Institute for Constitutional Government. John Malcolm, sir, I really appreciate your time and expertise here in the Chris Salcedo Show. It was a fascinating discussion. We'll get you back on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on.